Alrighty, welcome to the Mocktail Hour. Welcome to the Mocktail Hour. I'm just, you know how everybody on podcast says how excited they are to be here, right? I'm so happy to be here, Cynthia. Yeah, talking to you. It's just wonderful. I'm so honored. <laughs> I'm so honored. I'm so privileged. I'm so lucky <laughs> to be talking to you. But I mean it today. I know. It's not like we haven't been through hell in a handbasket for the last <laughs> two months. Exactly. And my in my with my job, I've been like zooming and conference calling and webinaring. And just my my ears are about to fall off from wearing headphones. You know what? I have to say that I am so lucky to not have to not that I'm not gainfully employed right now because I don't know how I could keep the house and the kids alive and get on the computer and sell something or make something work or have a meeting or I just don't know how I would do it. I'd have a nervous breakdown. I don't think you would actually. I you'd be tap dancing your way through it. Yes, I guess I'm just I'm feeling lucky. And I, I'm trying to err on the side of the positives during this whole thing and just say, you know what? Could be worse. This whole thing that we're talking about is coronavirus lockdown. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like you've been able to, I follow you, <laughs> I stalk you on ah! Instagram and Facebook. And it seems to me like you're, you're just doing your art. You're making an art of your life. That's how I've been coping. I've, I've felt like... The only way to really get through this is is to like I've gotten back into a lot of movement and I've been doing these dance sessions and then I started <laughs> adding costume to the dance sessions and you know that came of itself even on a stranger level a band in New York City saw one of my videos and is now putting the, me dancing in their newest single so at 47 years old I'm gonna be a MTV video star. Oh, wow. <laughs> Are you twerking? Ew, Are no. Are you shaking that rump? <laughs> no. I, it's a real hard rock song. I did, a, I did a really kind of crazy rockabilly dance, and then I ripped off my wig at the very end as a finale. Oh, God. So are we, are we going to share this with our audience later? Oh, you know, we might as well. Yeah. It's not... Uh, ready yet because he's combining footage from 25 other dancers mostly in new york all on lockdown but i'll definitely be part of the compilation we'll share it on the on the social medias that sounds fabulous i can't wait to see it i know me too so you've been keeping busy working and i've been keeping busy mopping and recording myself dancing well, I've been record not recording myself dancing. I've been dancing, but you know I'm a realtor, Sunny. Oh my god, I had no idea. Yes, I sell <laughs> Of course I know you're a realtor. I sell real estate in San Francisco and when there's lockdown going on, it's not easy to sell a house. Well, I mean it's still legal though. You've been having showings, right? <laughs> Yes, I, there's a whole protocol that you go through, just like you're going to do bypass surgery on somebody. You enter oh, a room, God. you put on gloves, you do all that stuff. Yes, you can still buy a house. And a lot of buyers right now are super motivated to like get out of their one-bedroom apartment with their two kids. I bet. They've been putting it off and putting it off, hoping prices would go down. Now, 
they just have to get out of that one bedroom apartment. So have prices gone down since this started or no, no, no. So we're not here to talk about real estate. We're here because we're here for the alcohol free. Uh, Aff, aff. Alcohol free as fuck. (laughs) And for the sober curious. Or alcohol free as ducks. Is that what you said earlier? (laughs) I know because of the F word. I thought as free as, as duck, but ducks don't drink really (laughs) anything. I don't think, do they? I don't know. Ducks are pretty nasty. How do you feel about ducks? I don't mind ducks. I I think they're kind of cute. I think they fall into the squirrel category of like cute and cuddly animals that I could probably have as pets. As if they didn't shit on you. No, they'd be backyard pets for sure. Yeah. Ducks, you know, they poop everywhere, I think, just like a goose. Yeah, I wouldn't dig that. I spend a lot of time in my yard, so... Well, you know, you can't potty train a bird. You can't? No. You just have to put newspapers down. Ew. Ooh, yeah. Never mind. They live too long anyway. Like cockatoos are like 30 years minimum, right? I think they can live longer, but there's nothing sadder than a sad cockatoo who's missing its owner or its mate. Oh. You know, like you've heard about them grieving and they start doing all kinds of things like plucking their feathers out and refusing oh, to eat. Yeah. I had a lovebird once and they forgot to tell us that it actually needed a mate and it collect all his feathers out too. But oh. we didn't know anything about birds. So we didn't realize it was actually depressed and lonely. A lovebird has to have love. I know it was all by itself. I uh, think we ended up giving it back to the pet store. Well, hopefully they had a, waiting mate for it and it yeah went on to thrive i never owned a bird but i did babysit a bird once for a week uh, and <laughs> my boyfriend and i said sure we'll babysit this bird how bad can it be and it was a little cockatiel and its name was buddy buddy the bird And the owner brought Buddy over to our house in a cage and we set it up in the living room. So Buddy had all these little toys in his cage that he could play with. But his favorite toy of all was this four-sided mirror that hung down in the middle of the cage. So he could run around this mirror and look in it and he would peck at it. Like it was his friend. Like his friend. And he'd say... Pretty buddy, pretty buddy, pretty buddy. And then he'd say, dirty buddy, dirty buddy. Dirty buddy. Then he would get super excited and he would like hump the bejesus out of this mirror. Right. Oh my God. Like, and then had a little bell on it. So it'd be like, and then he'd finish and he'd just kind of like fall over. Oh my God. He was a multiple personality sex addict bird. <laughs> He had pretty buddy and he had two boyfriends. Dirty buddy, dirty buddy. And this would go on all day, like all day long. Oh my God. And I was going through a rough patch with my boyfriend. Like we weren't having any activity in the boudoir. And I just grew to resent the hell out of this bird, right? It's getting more action than you. Way more action. Oh my God. Oh God. 
That is too funny. I love it. I see a movie in its future, like <laughs> Sally Field plays the bird. The three faces of Buddy. <laughs> Dirty Buddy. Dirty Buddy. I love, I love movies that are about multiple personalities. They're my favorite. Yeah. I love that story. I'm into it. Wasn't there one like years ago, Anthony... Hopkins is it Anthony Hopkins who you know who was Hannibal Lecter sure he was in some multiple personality horror film where he was like a ventriloquist and I swear I think Anne Margaret was the co-star god I don't know that one his his multiple personality was the dummy and Mm. we have to look that up but oh my god the one with Sally Field was called Sybil yes Sybil or and the one in the 50s was The Three Faces of Eve, and I think that was Tippi Hedren. I'm not sure, though. Three Faces of Eve was really famous. That was a really yes. famous one. I never saw that. Mm-hmm. I loved your story. Oh, about Buddy? Yes. I still hysterical. think about it. I still think about it. <laughs> I'm still traumatized. He's still getting more action than you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, things have improved, but it took a while. <laughs> Oh my God. Too funny. So we're coming to you today from the Bay Area. Yeah. We're in two different locations. We are. Two different locations sheltering in place, never ending. We're excited to be here. We haven't always been sober. Mm-hmm. But we are recent converts and we're all fired up about it. Some people would say we're evangelizing. Yes, yes. My son, um, he pointed out that in our podcast so far, we keep saying that there aren't any rules and you don't have to stop or change anything that you're doing and, you know, keep go on drinking, do whatever you're doing. But um, he said that, in fact, we are saying that, that we are saying that you should stop drinking. Yeah, it's definitely our underground M.O., I think it's, yeah, I mean, that is the message, though, if you had told me that a few years ago, or even two years ago, I would have said, that's just horse shit. Well, the AA people say you just have to lead by example, right? That's there. At least that's what my dad told me. That's what he does. He still is great friends with all sorts of hardcore alcoholics. He doesn't Mm. say a word to him, but he just has to sit there and not drink and hope that the fact that he doesn't have a drink in his hand is a way for them to find a new path. Yeah. I mean, I think I agree with you. We both have found a new path and we're happy about it. And it's each up to each person to come up with their own, their own way. Yeah, definitely. Whether it's a you know, aversion therapy that's been, um, ordered by the court after repeated DUIs or uh, (laughs) I'm joking. That's a bad joke. Or if it's like just a physical allergy, in my case, sometimes your body just is not going to let you keep doing it. That's right. Well, my body seemed to want me to go on forever. And yet I feel so free. Yeah. I mean, I think probably I would probably still be drinking if I hadn't had such terrible trouble with my stomach. And or if like one thing that I've noticed is that I have saved a lot of money by not drinking. 
Oh my God. Yes. But then again, all the statistics of, you know, drinking's up to it or, or alcohol sales, what are they up? 240% since shelter in place. Yeah. That's scary. That's, <laughs> I know. Cause you're seeing all these, everybody's just like, Oh yeah, I'm drinking at 12 or I'm drinking at lunch. You know, I'm having a the clock doesn't matter anymore. No, but it's, that's just a bad trend. When I was looking up statistics about how much you save by not drinking, I came across what I thought was a funny article in U.S. News and World Report about how to save money at the bar. You're already at the bar. You're at the bar and you're drinking. So here's how you save money. First of all, you're supposed to go to the happy hour, even if it's late. Like if you can't get off work in time for the regular happy hour, they suggest that you do a, a web search for a late happy hour. Yep. And they pointed out that even like if you work the graveyard shift, there's some bars that do morning happy hour. So that's one way to save money. Oh, come on. Yeah. That's going to save you like $4 in like low grade chicken wings or something. Come <laughs> on. I mean, that can't be worth it. Another suggestion that they had was to drink beer, right? Because beer's the cheapest? Yeah. Beer's inexpensive. Mm. But you probably have to drink more of it to get a load on. Yeah, I don't get it. The numbers are terrifying right now, that's for sure. I know a lot of people are struggling. I've had two friends reach out to me with like, hey, I'm I'm really having trouble here. And I'm like, just call me, call me whenever. Yeah, and it's really difficult for people who are trying to maintain their sobriety who don't, who aren't online. And believe it or not, there's people who don't use computers or who don't go online. They don't use their smartphone for it. They're just kind of tech averse. And anybody who's trying to go through recovery right now with that, it's really tough yeah. because they can't meet people in person anymore. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So it's even harder, more alienating. I get it. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't go down to your favorite meeting anymore. Mm-hmm. The only way you can do it online, and if you don't even have a, if you don't even know what the interwebs are, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. My mom's really been struggling because she got caught shelter in place in in a trailer in Texas in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> so she's really feeling. I'm sorry. I know she's really feeling the the loneliness. I mean, she has internet and everything, but you know, she's a boomer. She's not gonna reach out to all the different resources there are on Zoom or, you know, she does hook up to her yoga here in San Francisco, which is nice, but that's just every Saturday. But I mean, we've been finding so much comfort in, you know, the Taskmaster series on, on YouTube where you like, you compete to make something out of, you know, a pillow on your bed, right? you know, the, the Getty Museum challenge I did. I've done all the challenges. There's no more challenges. <laughs> There's no more anything on Netflix. It's all done. They have to let us out now. <laughs> yeah, we've been we've been challenged with trying to figure out what's new on Netflix. <laughs> like when we turn on every evening, pretty much somebody, you know, we were watching something on TV, and we're like thirty seconds, <laughs> be like thirty seconds into it, and the handyman will go, "Well, this is moving kind of slow." <laughs> Yeah. Or 
oh, I don't believe that. (laughs) Oh, God, I know. They're going to have to start, like, creating puppet shows just to keep the content coming. (laughs) It's like, oh, this new show, it has puppets. Like, you could do like get it together, Netflix. Schindler's List with puppets, like <laughs> remakes. They could do sequels. Tiger King puppets. <laughs> that would be amazing. Have you read who they cast as the Tiger King? Uh, Nick Cage, was it? Is that perfect or what? <laughs> oh, perfect. I'm a big fan of him because he's such a weirdo. He <laughs> makes such weird choices. Yeah, he's definitely a weirdo. I loved him in that movie of Vampire's Kiss. I don't remember that one. Oh, highly recommended, everybody, where mm. he he's this guy living in Manhattan, and he hooks up with this hot girl who I think was played by Jennifer Beals, and she bites him, or we think she does. It's not completely clear whether he imagined it or not, but he turns into a vampire. Like pretty soon he's having to turn his sofa under over and sleep underneath it. Uh, and yeah, it's entertaining. I'll look it up. I'm a cinemasochist. I don't know if you've heard that term, but uh, I love terrible movies. Oh, you do? Yes. Uh, there's a whole tribe of people that, that identify as cinemasochists. Terrible, terrible movies with terrible effects. Uh, you know, things like The Reanimator or From Beyond or The Thing, you know, like just vintage, terrible movies. Yeah. Or maybe Forrest Gump. <laughs> no, that one doesn't count. It's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, my kids love it, though. I don't know. If you ask the handyman, he'd tell you that Cinemasochist's list should include The Godfather Parts 1 and 2. Apocalypse Now, anything by Francis Ford Coppola should be on the list. He hates, then, he doesn't like Francis Ford Coppola? No, not at all. But the, the director he hates even more is um, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> no, Steven, what is wrong yeah, with him? I'm serious. Like starting with E.T. or <gasps> going back. Yeah. Any of his Academy Award winning movies. No way. God. Yeah. What a weirdo. (laughs) I mean, I'm going to have to call him Scrooge next time. Well, he is a weirdo, but he's hot. You know, he's kind of hot like Nick Cage. That's all that matters. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, I was just going to say that I was thinking about the cost of when drinking goes badly or when you drink too much. Yeah. Some of the costs might include having to pay for an Uber that night. Oh, yeah. Maybe you spill on yourself or vomit on yourself and you have to go get your clothes dry cleaned. Or the even worse cost is, is why is mommy sleeping all day? That's that's probably the best one when your kids oh. are like, mm, okay, what's wrong with mom? Oh, dear. <laughs> that was my turning point, yeah, where they started to get like, old enough and inquisitive enough to figure out why I was in bed all day from a hangover. So is it the psychological damage to them that you're worried about? Yeah, of course. Of course. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't keep it going with them growing up, like consciously knowing 
oh, and mommy had too much wine last night. She's in bed again, you know? Yeah, I remember that from um, when the kids were actually getting old enough to know what was going on for sure. And I remember coming back from a party with the handyman feeling super inebriated so that like when I was trying to figure out which hanger to put my coat on or something, I was having a hard time and I was slurring (laughs) my speech and I just went upstairs and hid and I Mm -hmm. could hear them say, where'd mom go? But I didn't want them to see me like that. Yeah. But did that stop me? No. (laughs) No, didn't stop me. Yeah. I mean, the other costs would be, it could get worse. could be the, all the drugs you spend money on (laughs) to go along with the drink or. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're missing work. Or actually sitting through work, looking like the Sith Lord, like half dead at your computer. (laughs) That's always a good look. Green skin, hands on the keyboard, <laughs> trembling. I'm I'm working. I swear. I swear. I'm working. Like you're just staring into space, going, watching the clock. It's the mm. worst. That sounds awful. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think that saving money on <laughs> or agony. It's worth it not to drink because it's only when you drink, it's only fun for about one minute and then it starts to go downhill, in my opinion. That's true. Yeah. Well, do we have a fabulous mocktail that we're going to talk about today? Yes. And I, I posted this on our social media earlier, but as a big fan of Prince, I wanted to share the uh, Purple Rain, which in reality, this drink really does need blue curacao because blue curacao is the only thing that can really turn this truly purple. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think maybe we can turn it into a raspberry beret instead of purple rain. <laughs> raspberry <laughs> beret, the kind she kind find in the second hand store. store. Raspberry yeah. beret. beret. I think if I it was lost, you wouldn't have much more. Yes. That was on one of Prince's less known albums, the Paisley Park record. Was it? I thought it was on uh, the one before. I don't know. He's had so many. Paisley Park for sure. I mean, I'm a huge Prince fan. You knew that, right? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Wow. One of my favorite Prince songs is one that you don't hear very much called P Control. Do you know this song? Oh, Pussy Control. Of course. Yeah. That is amazing. I love that. And that, that was song. one of his later pieces, right? Yeah. That was a great song. That's my friend Daniel's favorite song too. Oh, I have to I have to meet him if he likes yeah. it. Yeah. He came down for my birthday last year at, or was it the year before? I don't know. Quarantine has moved all space and time out <laughs> of my brain. <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, the Purple Rain slash Raspberry Beret is, is very easy and it does not require a blender. So this is just a pitcher drink. So I'm going to watch watch you make it because yes. I'm not trying it at home today. Yes. So I've got a pitcher ready and you'll need a metal stirrer to stir everything up. This is like a you know party pitcher, margarita pitcher size. All it is is 
20 milliliters, I think, which is about a cup each. And you can bump it up for how many people you have. But just a cup of cranberry juice, a cup of seltzer, a cup of uh, raspberry tarani, and a cup of limeade. And again, that blue curacao is probably needed for the true purple rain. So this one, we'll just have to rename the raspberry beret. And then you just stir it together with a ton of ice. So Okay, well, I'm going to do an imaginary toast to you. Yeah, chin chin. Is it delicious? Is it truly? Yes. Raspberry? Yeah, the raspberry syrup makes it. And it, it definitely feels like a cocktail for sure. That seltzer makes it really good. And the limeade is super sharp. Mm. All right, I can't wait to try it. Do we have some stories today? I guess I do. Yes, you go first. I was just thinking about how drinking and a healthy lifestyle really don't go together. That's kind of the theme for today. Mm-hmm. A healthy lifestyle anytime, not just during quarantine time. So I have this girlfriend of mine who's like me is a realtor. <sighs> and she told me about this person that she knew. It was a a friend of a friend who lived in this super expensive house here in San Francisco. And this lady was, money was no object about Mm -hmm. anything, right? She was kind of like Gwyneth Paltrow. All right. Was it Danielle Steele? Come on, you can tell me. (laughs) I think she lived very near Danielle. Oh, up there on Jackson or Pacific. A quick, a quick interjection. This is Mm -hmm. a dumb, dumb knowledge tidbit. Danielle Steele actually kept the doors of Barney's open. She was the only person that shopped at Barney's enough to keep the doors open in San Francisco. (laughs) And I know that for a fact because I have so many friends that work there. Anyway. Did she have time to actually go shop herself or did she send people to shop for her? No, she would walk in and shop and she spent enough money so that nobody else has to shop at Barney's. Jesus, that's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. She had like a full-time gift wrapping person on her staff, as I recall, like her house staff. Oh, how Full-time gift wrapper. Like year round or just at Christmas? No, I think year round. Oh, good Lord. How ridiculous. I think she had to get started early. (laughs) (laughs) Start wrapping on January 3rd. Oh my God. Anyway, (laughs) I interrupted your story about your rich lady. This rich lady, I was not Danielle Steele, but she was kind of like this Gwyneth Paltrow kind of character, like gooping around the house in her yoga pants. Mm -hmm. I think she'd had a lot of work done, you know, like she did face exercises and, and she was eating paleo, keto diet, Mm -hmm. the whole schmagoogle, doing her kegels all the time, wearing sunscreen, knowing exactly what kind of products you'd use on your hair to be healthy. Yeah. And so my friend's friend one day is visiting the house and it's like lunchtime. This woman was there like listening to root chakra music or whatever, hanging out. <laughs> right. <laughs> I play that at bedtime. Don't judge. 
It's good. I'm not, I'm not judging. I think it's very good for your health to play root chakra music. Yeah. Right. But she's there and she's got a big glass of red wine Mm -hmm. and she's sipping it through a straw. Right. What? She's got a big glass of red wine. She's sipping it through a straw. And the friend was kind of taken aback. Like she didn't say, what are you doing? It's 1130. Right. But she did say, why are you drinking your wine through a straw? And she said, well, because I have my teeth bleaching trays in. Ah! Oh my (laughs) God. That's hilarious. So, so she's like bleaching her teeth, but needed her wine. Oh my God. I hope they turned out lavender. That would be amazing. (laughs) Then talk about Prince, right? It's like, uh, Yes. Lilac beret teeth. I mean, you'd have to shove that straw all the way to the back of your throat just to get it not to swish around in your mouth. I know. It's what just, a free. Maybe the bleach kind of counteracted it or something. Oh um, but I but the thing is, is that that to me is kind of like the height of delusion, self-delusion or hypocrisy. But who am I to judge? Because I wasn't drinking wine through a straw, but I was doing the same kind of shit, right? Like yep. all organic food for my family, right? Zumba class. Um, Aren't you a Zumba fan? I used to love doing Zumba. Step. I'd go to sweat your prayers. Ah. You know, I ate all whole grains, no dairy, wow. exercised. And, but by golly, you know, I'd have three or four lemon drops in a night. You could believe that they were made with organic lemons, but they had (laughs) lots of vodka in them. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I I went through the same thing because I was, I got really hardcore into yoga in my mid thirties and that was probably the height of my drinking. So yeah, there was like a hand in hand, definitely, you know, tale of two lives there. And there were plenty of times like skiing all day or going for a big long hike or whatever. And then at the end of the day, capping it all off with a bender that would produce such a hangover, Mm. right? Yeah. That like, what's the point of all the the healthy stuff if you're going to turn around and pour poison into yourself, which is what I was doing. Yeah, it's really interesting. And the fact that neither of us thought, oh, wow, I I wouldn't, because I guess you want to protect your drinking, right? You want to make sure you can still have your little treat. You know, the fact that you've done all this in the day is your hooray, you know, go have a drink kind of thing. I can't think of the word. Yeah, it's your reward. Trophy, your reward. There you go. Yeah. And and at the same time, it was like... um, yeah, you could justify all the drinking if you were healthy the rest of the time. It mm-hmm. was like a trade-off. Yes, yeah. but it's so, it's dangerous for sure. Yeah, it's it's what's kind of yeah. What what am I about? So yeah, that's my kind of semi story. Ah, yeah, <laughs> mine's mine's totally similar. Like I said, I spent a lot of time in my thirties really committing to like an intense yoga practice and learning, reading all the books and having all the, the fancy teachers and doing all that. But at the same time, you know, I was going out 
in the evenings and getting babysitters and having real blowouts because I, you know, like I said, <laughs> I never was a, a consistent drinker, but I was like a pressure cooker drinker where I would wait until things were ready to kind of steam out of the pot. And then I'd go and really <laughs> like when, rip it up. When relieving pose wasn't doing it for you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Enough downward dog. Yes. <laughs> My story is, I went to Puerto Vallarta. I met my dad down there. He's he's got a his best friend from childhood did really well in the oil and gas industry and owned a home down there on the cliff. And he had a huge villa and he had infinity pool. He had a a big sixty foot fishing yacht that we went out on and stayed at his place, but. Before I went down, I, I hooked up with a yoga teacher in Puerto Vallarta and I, I found her online and I said, Hey, you know, do you want to come and teach us all some yoga? Be so great. You know, while I was on vacation to have a, a yoga teacher come to the house and it was very Ooh. fancy. So I get down there and after a few days of, we went fishing and did all sorts of stuff. The day came to where we were going to have our big yoga session. And I had gone to the beach earlier with my dad and my favorite vacation drink was a Cuba Libra. Did you ever like those? Yes. Rum and Coke. (laughs) With a little lime. With a little lime. I was on the beach (laughs) and I'd had a few too many Cuba Libras and, uh, you know, kind of did that. Oh shit. We have an appointment, you know, with these ladies coming to teach us all yoga. We have to like hop into the Jeep and go up this huge hill. And I kind of run in and there's like five other people there that are all like friends of my dad's friends. And they all signed up for it too. But it was my thing. I coordinated and I was like, oh, hey guys, come on in. Oh my God, it's so great to see you. We're going to be so healthy. Namaste. Namaste. Like I was probably stunk to high heaven. I mean, <laughs> rum is not cute on the breath. But anyway, I uh, ran around and got all the yoga mats out and we all sort of started the class. And you could tell this teacher saw through my bullshit like you wouldn't believe. Like the second she <laughs> met me, she was like, this drunk ass bitch wasting my time. You know, classic <gasps> tourist, you know, entitled, oh, entitled American phony yogi coming down here oh. to waste my time. <laughs> we all get up and I, I went to the back of the class because I was, you know, apparently perfect at yoga. I could I didn't need to be in the front and <laughs> uh, joined the class and, you know, went around and kind of helped everybody settle oh, in. Really? <laughs> Okay. Yes. You weren't doing, you weren't offering corrections, right? You no. Just... And because, because I was so like fancy yoga lady, I, and I'd been drinking all day. I was like, oh, I'm going to really <laughs> show them how it's done. Like, oh, this pose. Oh, I'm going to really like show this teacher. I'm fancy. And I just like <laughs> overcorrected 
and lit a bell and rolled in. I'm not joking. This sounds like a movie. I rolled into the swimming pool, made a huge splash. The whole class turned. <laughs> and I'm like literally going, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, it was like an absolutely fabulous episode of like drunks on vacation. Oh God, this is like Dudley Moore in 10. Exactly. I should have had cornrows, <laughs> but yeah. You should, you should have had a mariachi band there. And you know, there we are, like like slowly crawled out of the pool, like to finish the class soaking wet, like like a <laughs> like a shameful rat in the back. Like, don't don't look at me. I'm sorry. And you know, we did the shavasana and everything. And, you know, I, I went, I went to thank the teacher and she was getting in her car and she flat out looked at me. She's like, thanks for the class, but don't ever call me again. <laughs> I love the shavasana like, as you're sinking, sinking right in, in the water. The um, of course, everyone thought it was hilarious and it was hilarious at the time, but you know, if you're going to, if you're going to create a big yoga class for a bunch of rich people in Mexico, don't show up drunk anyway. Oh, that's my story. That's pretty, (laughs) pretty fabulous. Well, I think, um, we've made our point. Alcohol maybe is not compatible with a, um, healthy lifestyle. No. And of course you can always find a study that's going to tell you it's good for mm-hmm. you, right? Like you can find a 108-year-old lady who drinks a glass of bourbon every day and she's fine, right? But that doesn't mean that you should. You <laughs> just has like genetics. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Definitely. Uh, anyway, do we have resources of the week? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, there's a Facebook group that I like called I think you remember too, Sunny, called The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober. It was formed around the book of that same name written by Catherine Gray. And what I like about it is that some sobriety groups, it's kind of the same old sad thing. People sort of lamenting how miserable they are, whether they're still drinking or whether they're sober. This one has a lot of, of honesty, people admitting their hypocrisy, asking for help and community. And there's a lot of really uplifting freedom stories. Oh, cool. Um, so I kind of like it. It's just, it's great little touch with the broader community as people throughout the world, especially right now yes. while we're sheltering. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, we always welcome your mocktails or mocktails. You can always send us a message if you've got a favorite drink that we we could uh, highlight on the show. We'd also love guests, too. I've I've got a couple people that are clamoring to be on the show. So if you've got a fun story, you can always call in and we can hook you up. We have an Instagram as well, the Mocktail Hour, and Facebook group, Mocktail Hour, and a website, mocktailhour.com. And that's mocktail with a T-A-L, like we're telling a story. And tell your friends about us. Please subscribe, review, and share. Tell your friends, not tail. Your tail. Your tail. I'm going to tail my friends. Tail. 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 Tail
about, about the mocktail hour. All righty. All right. Thank you. Thanks.